Hi Trinidad and Tobago. Welcome to WESN Content Capital. This is Strictly Legal and I am your host, Rondell Donoa, for once again another episode of the newest content capital programming in TV. Last week, or rather last occasion, we spoke about the preparation of wills and we had as my guest, Ms. Marissa Bob Attorney at Law, who spoke very, very, um, quite, quite, quite a lot of information was, was stated with respect to how we prepare will, what are the formalities um, in successfully preparing such, such a will. And we have her here again, uh, but this time uh, via Zoom. Good morning, Ms. Bob. Good morning, Rondell. Thank and you how are you today? <laughs> and, thanks, and thanks very much for attending. So, as I said last occasion, we spoke about uh, the preparation of a will. Today, we want to chat more about the revocation of wills and how certain gifts and benefits would fail, etc. So, let's get right into it. What is yes. meant by, uh, by the revocation of a will? Well, I want to start off by reminding everybody that a will is a written document that states or expresses the intention of a testator, that is the person making the will, or testatrix if the person is feminine. Um, and the effect of that will only comes into play after the death of the individual. So at any point in time prior to the death of the testator or testatrix, the will can be revoked by that person. Yes. What that means is if you change your mind about any of the content of the will, of any of the requests that you have made or any of the um, devices that you have made, you are free to change the will in whole or in part. So if you want to remove one provision, let's say, for example, you have left your house to yeah. daughter number one, and at some point in time, you appreciate that daughter number one has migrated during your lifetime. She's married and migrated and will no longer be returning to Trinidad. And you determine, well, I want to leave the property to my son instead. You are free to revoke the specific provision in the will that left the house to daughter number one to begin with. And, and how, and how or, does that revocation um, take place? How the, how, the revocation that? can be done by what we call codicil. Yes. which is a supplementary document to the original will. So you go back to your attorney or you, if you are brave enough to do it yourself, you draft a will. Every will starts with the initial clause that says you hereby revoke all previous wills or codicils previously executed. I want to just detail that a little bit. So at any point in time, that you decide to visit an attorney or to draft a will in your own terms, you appreciate that that will, once signed and dated, becomes your last will and testament. The first clause of that will usually expresses that you are revoking any previous will that you may have done beforehand. So just as you would if in the example that I was just giving with daughter number one and son, um, if you decide you wish to change your will, once you execute a document revoking either the specific provision of the will or all of the previous wills that you made, that is the effect that either the specific gift is revoked 
or the entire will is revoked and the content of that will that you're doing on the specific date becomes your will. So your last will is the last dated, signed, executed according to the provisions of um, Section 42 of the Wills and Probate Act, which we discussed on the last occasion. You have two witnesses present. That will becomes your last will and testament. Now, some persons may ask, can I actually amend the will by notating the understood will uh, that I would have changed certain provisions and sign or, or, or do some sort of mark on that will? That is usually called, an, what, in, to use the, the bigger term, the legal term, interlineation, yes. so that you're crossing out something specific in the will. Um, it is not recommended that lay persons do that. It is better that you um, execute a codicil, which is, as I said, the supplementary document. If you do interlineate or interline any part of the existing will that you have, you have to ensure that your witnesses, the exact same witnesses who were present at the time that you executed previously are present so that they can initial and sign. Because what happens? happens when you admit that will to probate and there is a change in the will without it being properly um, verified by either the testators affixing his signature next to the interlineation or the uh, witnesses also affixing their signature or their initials to the interlineation is that it can be considered that the intention of the testator was to nullify mm-hmm. the entire will. Yeah. And now, and now, if I am to make a will, and I made the will and executed it in Trinidad and Tobago, however, I migrated, does that will that I would have executed in Trinidad and Tobago become invalid because I no longer live or domicile in Trinidad? No, actually. Mm. As long as you have not executed another or later will, your will still remains valid. The property in question is still in Trinidad and Tobago, I would imagine. And so at the time of your death, that will that you executed before you migrated is still subject to be admitted to probate. Yes. And now, one may be a bachelor or bachelorette uh, and prepared a will, executed it, everything is fine. Yeah. Now, one becomes married after preparing the will. What becomes of that will? Well, that was prepared when you were a bachelor or bachelorette. Okay, this is a very interesting question because yes, I heard on radio a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, or a couple of months ago, actually, that someone was saying that there's no effect. They were discussing matrimonial and common law relationships, and um, that issue came about under Section 48 of the Wills and Probate Act, I believe it is. Um, upon the marriage of a bachelor or bachelorette, um, the, any will that was previously executed be, is revoked. That is the law. So that if you made a will, let's say in 2019, before you contemplated marriage and you left all of your property to your mother, who was then your next of kin, upon your marriage, automatically in law, that will is revoked. And does so that, that affect if does you that... die the day after the will is up, sorry, the day after your marriage is registered, um, 
it would mean that your mother is not going to get the property as you intended in 2019. And what about, and what about if, if they would have left um, the property to their children? How does that affect the, the, the revocation of that will? Is it still invalid? In a similar circumstance, if you left in 2019, you had children from a previous marriage or um, out of wedlock, and you did a will leaving property to those children, and then you subsequently get married in, let's say, 2021, upon the marriage being solemnized, your will is revoked. So that a new will should be done to make known your intentions in relation to those children almost immediately after your marriage. And I hope the public is taking note of this because a lot of persons, as you said, have this misconception that I make a will prior to get ma getting married as a so-called prenuptial agreement. And um, <laughs> that's, an, that's an entirely different conversation. A different conversation, of course. Um, and now one will, one will prepare a will on the presumption that their circumstance can, will change. Can, can you prepare a will, let's say, for instance, I am to own, I, haven't, I am not the owner of a property as yet but I should own it sometime in the future. Can I prepare a will on the presumption that I'm going to own that property in the future to bequeath it? Right, so on the last it? occasion, I would have detailed that you can put in your will any asset that you own at the time of the making of the will. You can make certain bequests in respect of those assets. There is included in every will an additional clause that treats with assets that at the time of your execution of the will, you did not actually own and that you may come into in the future. Let's say, for instance, your great aunt left you some property and um, in 2019, you executed your will. She was still alive and the property had not been conveyed or transferred to you yet. Um, but you die sometime later in 2022, let's say, mm -hmm. and she has already died. Mm -hmm. And that property has come into your possession or due to uh, the content of her will was left to you and should have come into your possession. You have an interest in that property. You were the beneficiary of her will. Then by law, that specific clause, which we call a residuary clause, mm -hmm. allows whomever you have left your, your assets, your residuary assets to, to take title under your will. So let's say, for instance, at the time that you executed your will, you determine that after payment of your funeral and testamentary expenses, any assets which you didn't specifically identify and assign to a, a beneficiary and any asset which you didn't at the time of the making of your will, but subsequently come into possession of, you left it to your son, John, mm -hmm. then upon your death and the submission of your will to probate, John would take that residuary asset that your great aunt left, left you. Okay, great. Now we have to take a break and we'll be right back. You are watching WESN Content Capital. And welcome back. You are watching Strictly Legal with me, Rondell Donoa, and I have 
On Zoom, Ms. Marissa Bob, attorney at law, we are speaking about wills, revocation, gifts, all these different things. Now, I have a scenario for you, uh, Marissa. Now, we are talking about property. Now, a testator would own a property, meaning that's the person who's making the will. Mm -hmm. And let's say he left X property to Y, right? Mm -hmm. And during the course of, um, of his lifetime, he would have conveyed, meaning he would have gifted that property to Z. Now, unknowing to Y. So Y thinks that he is getting the property. However, Z is already owned, or he has already owned the property legally. Now, the testator would have passed away, and it's time to probate the will. Now, tell me in a scenario like that, what does the executor do, or how, what will happen in that circumstance? Okay, that's a very interesting question as well. In that scenario, once the uh, executor has knowledge that the testator has died, has found the will, he looks at the provisions of the will, and immediately determines based on the information that he may have that the testator has already passed in your example one particular asset on to z during his lifetime so what happens there is that that gift the testator made an inter vivos gift to z and transferred title to that asset to z already so that unfortunately, Y will not get that gift because the gift has failed. The intervivos disposition is valid in law um, so that person Z is the owner of the property, regardless of what is said in the will. And, and that, again, that is by law. And there's no way that you can challenge um, that there was an intention or that, let's say, for instance, the testator would have transferred under duress. Well, that's an entirely different yeah. topic that, that doesn't flow uh, necessarily yeah. uh, from the, the question that you're asking. Mm -hmm. Persons have challenged intervivals dispositions for other reasons, including lack of mental capacity. But certainly you would need to visit an attorney and discuss whether you have uh, sufficient proof that the person was operating under duress in transferring the property to Z during his lifetime. And in what other ways that a gift um, can, can fail? Well, as I said, a gift can fail if during the lifetime of the uh, testator, he has transferred to another person. He's yeah. already made that intervivals disposition. Or he has uh, sold or lost title to the asset. Um, so if, for instance, there's a court action that challenges a certain aspect of his that is the testator's ownership of the asset, and he no longer owns it at the time of death, then certainly that gift would fail. Yeah. If you, I think one of the main concerns for a lot of people is that when they make a will and they leave the content of a bank account or bank mm -hmm. accounts, unit trust, credit union account to person A, and they seem to think that person A automatically owns that asset and that they can't do anything with it. Whilst you are alive, if you have a million dollars in your bank account, mm. you are free to spend it, use it for whatever purpose that you determine, preferably once legal, um, so that if at the time of your death, that account only has a dollar or that account has zero dollars, 
and zero cent, then quite naturally that gift would fail as well. Because that would have been my next question. Now, because let's say, for instance, I, I, have a, I leave $100,000 each for my four children. So that's $400,000 I have in my bank account. And yes. upon my death, I, I am left with $50,000. How is the executor, the exec, sorry, yeah, the executor, executrix, how are they going to now divide that remaining $50,000? I just want to emphasize again, if mm -hmm. you at the time of the making of your will have $400,000, that is your money, money to do whatever you wish to do it. So if you spend and it comes down to $50,000, depending on the wording of the will, um, and this is where drafting becomes important, $50,000 or whatever sum is remaining is usually divided between the persons to whom you left um, the money. So let's say in your scenario, Rondell, um, you left money to four people, the $50,000 can be divided between the, those four people. Right. So, and this is why it's very important that you seek legal advice when you are both preparing a will and also with respect to the different scenarios in which a will can be, um, can be revoked or can fail. Uh, yeah. Is there any other closing comments that you would like to make in terms of, in terms of uh, will preparation and also re revocation or anything that persons need to know about a will? Well, I think for persons who are considering, and I hope that after our sessions, persons are considering visiting an attorney and preparing a will, putting your affairs in order. I know that we don't like to contemplate our death, but at the same time, we must appreciate that we are all going to die at some time. So we should make proper arrangements for the benefit of our loved ones or our churches or uh, persons or institutions that we wish to give a benefit to. So please consider making a will as soon as possible. Thank you very much, Marissa. We appreciate you. I know you have court and everything. And we appreciate that you would come on, uh, come via Zoom to give of your legal expertise because this is a topic that is quote unquote taboo, but it is needed. So do have a blessed day and thanks again. Thank you very much. And I'm happy to be here at any time that you need a sister. Thank you. So you have been watching Miss Marissa Bob and myself uh, speaking on the revocation of wills, failing gifts, all part of. Uh, preparation of wills and you are watching WESN content capital uh, before I go don't forget that at 5 p.m. we have a special 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 edition of strictly legal with my special guest uh, the honorable mr. Faris al Rawi, uh, the uh, the attorney general of Trinidad and Tobago and he will be here live for an, a one-hour special of legal matters of the state. Be tuning in, you can stream, and, and also you can look at our, um, our other networks, not our other networks in terms of um, Flow, Digicel, all these networks on WES and Content Capital. So 5 p.m., the Attorney General will be here. We are excited to have him, and please be viewing. You are watching Strictly Legal. Thank you, and have a good day.